Chapter Seventeen of Notes on the Book of Genesis by Charles Henry Mackintosh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christopher Smith. Chapter Seventeen. Here we have God's remedy for Abraham's failure set before us. And when Abraham was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect this is a most comprehensive verse it is very evident that abraham had not been walking before the almighty god when he adopted sarah's expedient in reference to hagar it is faith alone that can enable a man to walk up and down before an almighty one unbelief will ever be thrusting in something of self something of circumstances second causes and the like and thus the soul is robbed of the joy and peace the calm elevation and holy independence which flow from leaning upon the arm of one who can do everything i believe we deeply need to ponder this god is not such an abiding reality to our souls as he ought to be or as he would be were we walking in more simple faith and dependence walk before me this is true power to walk thus implies our having nothing whatever before our hearts save God himself. If I am founding my expectation upon men and things, I am not walking before God, but before men and things. It is of the most utmost importance to ascertain who or what I have before me as an object. To what am I looking? On whom or what am I leaning at this moment? Does God entirely fill my future? have men or circumstances ought to do therein is there any space allotted to the creature the only way in which to get above the world is to walk by faith because faith so completely fills the scene with god that there is no room for the creature no room for the world if god fills up my entire range of vision i can see nothing else and then i am able to say with the psalmist my soul wait thou only upon god for my expectation is from him he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defence i shall not be moved psalm sixty two five and six this word only is deeply searching nature cannot say this not that it will save when under the direct influence of a daring blasphemous scepticism formerly shut out god altogether but it assuredly cannot say he only now it is well to see that as in the matter of salvation so in all the details of actual life from day to day god will not share his glory with the creature from first to last it must be he only and this too in reality it will not do to have the language of dependence upon god on our lips while our hearts are really leaning on some creature resource god will make all this fully manifest he will test the heart he will put faith into the furnace walk before me and be thou perfect thus it is we reach the proper point when the soul is enabled by grace to get rid of all its fondly cherished creature expectations then and only then is it prepared to let god act and when he acts all must be well he will not leave anything undone he will perfectly settle everything on behalf of those who simply put their trust in him 
when unerring wisdom omnipotent power and infinite love combine the confiding heart may enjoy unruffled repose unless we can find some circumstance too big or too little for the almighty god we have no proper base on which to found a single anxious thought this is an amazing truth and one eminently calculated to put all who believe it into the blessed position in which we find abraham in this chapter when god had in effect said to him leave all to me and i will settle it for you beyond your utmost desires and expectations the seed and the inheritance and everything pertaining thereto will be fully and everlastingly settled according to the covenant of the almighty god then abram fell on his face truly blessed attitude the only proper one for a thoroughly empty feeble and unprofitable sinner to occupy in the presence of the living god the creator of heaven and earth the possessor of all things the almighty god and god talked with him it is when man is in the dust that god can talk to him in grace abraham's posture here is the beautiful expression of entire prostration in the presence of god in the sense of utter weakness and nothingness and this be it observed is the sure precursor of god's revelation of himself it is when the creature is laid low that god can show himself in the unclouded effulgence of what he is he will not give his glory to another he can reveal himself and allow man to worship in view of that revelation but until the sinner takes his proper place there can be no unfolding of the divine character how different is abraham's attitude in this and the preceding chapter there he had nature before him here he has the almighty god there he was an actor here he is a worshipper there he was betaking himself to his own and sarah's contrivance here he leaves himself and his circumstances his present and his future in god's hands and allows him to act in him for him and through him hence god can say i will make i will establish i will give i will bless in a word it is all god and his actings and this is real rest for the poor heart that has learned anything of itself the covenant of circumcision is now introduced every member of the household of faith must bear in his body the seal of that covenant there must be no exception he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant and the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised that soul shall be cut off from his people he has broken my covenant we are taught in romans four that circumcision was a seal of the righteousness of faith abraham believed god and it was counted unto him for righteousness being thus counted righteous god set his seal upon him the seal with which the believer is now sealed is not a mark in the flesh but that holy spirit of promise whereby he is sealed unto the day of redemption this is founded upon his everlasting connection with christ and his perfect identification with him in death and resurrection as we read in colossians and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of christ 
buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. This is a most glorious passage, unfolding to us the true idea of what circumcision was meant to typify. Every believer belongs to the circumcision, in virtue of his living association with him who, by his cross, has forever abolished everything that stood in the way of his church's perfect justification. There was not a speck of sin on the conscience, nor a principle of sin in the nature of his people, for which Christ was not judged on the cross, and they are now looked upon as having died with Christ, lain in the grave with Christ, been raised with Christ, perfectly accepted in him. Their sins, their iniquities, their transgressions, their enmity, their uncircumcision, having been entirely put away by the cross. The sentence of death has been written on the flesh, but the believer is in possession of a new life, in union with his risen head, in glory. The apostle in the above passage teaches that the church was quickened out of the grave of Christ, and, moreover, that the forgiveness of all her trespasses is as complete and as entirely the work of God as was the raising of Christ from the dead, and this latter, we know, was the result of God's mighty power, or, as it may be rendered, according to the energy of the might of his power, Ephesians 1.19 a truly wonderful expression calculated to set forth the magnitude and glory of redemption as well as the solid basis on which it rests. What rest, perfect rest, for the heart and conscience is here. What full relief for the burdened spirit. All our sins buried in the grave of Christ, not one, even the smallest, left out. God did this for us. All that his searching eye could detect in us, he laid on the head of Christ when he hung on the cross. He judged him there and then, instead of judging us in hell forever. Precious fruit this of the admirable, the profound, the eternal counsels of redeeming love. And we are sealed, not with a certain mark cut in our flesh, but with the Holy Ghost. The entire household of faith is sealed thus. Such is the dignity, the value, the changeless efficacy of the blood of Christ, that the Holy Ghost, the third person of the eternal Trinity, can take up his abode in all those who have put their trust therein. And now, what remains for those who know these things, save to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? Thus may it be, O Lord, through the grace of thy Holy Spirit. End of chapter 17